Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Another week already gone. Here we are on Friday. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Welcome to this hour of The Inner Life. And so glad to have you with us here as uh, we offer every single day this opportunity where we can talk with a priest, a spiritual director, and try and understand how God might be speaking to us, how he might be leading us in our spiritual journey. And hopefully all of us get the opportunity to grow a little closer to God, grow in that relationship. Well, today, let me ask you, does the name Arthur Radley, does that ring a bell for you? Arthur Radley. Maybe you know him better as Boo Radley. Arthur Radley is a character in the story To Kill a Mockingbird. And in that famous movie from 1962, the one starring Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch, Arthur Radley is played by a very young Robert Duvall. And he's called Boo throughout the movie. That's the name that you hear associated with him until the end. But he's only talked about and he's never seen until the end of the movie. There are rumors discussed by the children, Scout and Jem and Dill, along with some comments that you hear made by other people in the town. But there's this kind of aura of mystery that's built up around him throughout the movie. Boo, Boo Radley is this recluse. He's someone rarely ever seen outside of his house. And while the main focus of the movie is on that trial of Tom Robinson and the events that are surrounding that. Arthur, or Boo, he plays a very significant role at the end of the film. He's one of the most memorable characters, yet he's only on the screen in about a, just a little over seven minutes of time there at the conclusion of the movie. And he doesn't speak a single line of dialogue, not one word. So what makes Boo Radley so memorable? Well, it's because he saves the lives of Atticus's children, Scout and Jem. If you haven't seen the movie, you really should put it at the top of your list. It's a beautiful, powerful story. And even as I was scanning through it to try and just, you know, refresh my memory, bring back some of those moments for myself, different parts of the film there, I found myself getting drawn back into it. And the little part that I wanted to watch, I found myself just lingering there for several more minutes than I originally planned. But if you have seen it, if you remember that story, after the trial of Tom Robinson, there's this local man who was involved in the accusations that get brought to trial. Bob Ewell is his name. And he ends up being humiliated by Atticus there during the trial proceedings. He wants revenge on Atticus. At one point, there's a face-to-face -face confrontation, but it eventually builds up to the point where Bob Ewell, he attacks Atticus's children when they're walking home at night. This is from a school event. And Boo Radley, he's the one who intervenes. He protects the children from Bob Ewell. Arthur Radley, Boo Radley, 
as I said, he doesn't speak any dialogue in the film. But he didn't need to say anything. His actions spoke for him. They communicated everything that you need to know about him. Regardless of the rumors and the gossip that you hear at the beginning of the film, once you saw what he did there at the end of the story, you knew in reality what kind of a person he was. And you walked out of that movie with this deep affection, this deep respect for him. Well, tomorrow we celebrate the life of a saint that is somewhat reminiscent of Boo Radley, primarily just because this saint, who is so widely known, so loved in the church, it's someone who is a key figure in salvation history. With him, we actually only get a few brief glimpses of him and his life, and we have absolutely no recorded words ever spoken by him. Now, I'm speaking, of course, about St. Joseph. He was this silent figure in Scripture, but All that we need to know, we learn not from what he said, but we learn it from what he did. Tomorrow is the Solemnity of St. Joseph. So today we want to take this hour of the inner life. We want to discuss what St. Joseph teaches us through his silent actions. And we want to look at how this silent saint is really a very powerful intercessor. If you haven't called upon him in your prayers, asking him to intercede for the things that you need Number one, I highly recommend it, but we'll talk more about that here during this hour with our spiritual director and joining us for the hour. Father Matthew Spencer is back once again. He's a regular voice that you hear on Relevant Radio. He's a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph. He is the provincial superior and the shrine director for the Oblates of St. Joseph out of Santa Cruz, California. Father Matthew, welcome back to the program today. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Josh. What a blessing to be with you today. Uh, so have you seen the movie To Kill a Mockingbird? No, I'm fascinated now. I mean, I, I've read the book, of course, but um, okay, it's sure. just a beautiful recounting of the imagery. There. I, I'll have to go back and watch it. Yeah, it, it really is. Like I said, I, I absolutely got sucked into it hmm. as I started pulling up. And I didn't watch the whole movie, but, you know, okay, I want to watch this scene. And I, I was kind of scanning through and looking and what should have only been maybe 30 to 60 seconds of me looking at this particular scene or that particular scene it probably turned in more like seven eight nine minutes of me just oh this is such a good movie and oh yeah there's that scene i forgot about that yeah so <laughs> it it definitely should be one that you try and watch uh, sometime soon father but well i i mentioned tomorrow It's the Solemnity of St. Joseph. And to start with, for anybody who's listening that might not be familiar with some of the different words that we use for different feast days in the church, can you explain what a solemnity is and what really makes it a special and unique day for us in the church? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So the church gives us um, many different feast days to celebrate. We have lots of saints, of course. We have various devotions and different uh, devotions to our Blessed Mother in particular that we we remember throughout the year. And the church uh, provides a a hierarchy to the importance of these feasts. So for example, Christmas and Easter uh, have the highest priority inside of uh, the calendar of the church, and they will will trump basically other feast days that they might actually bump into. Uh, Well, those are uh, delineated in solemnities is the, the highest form of feast days. Feasts are the second second highest, and then memorials and optional memorials and commemorations, and there are a, a variety of different different lower level ones. So solemnities are the, the most significant, most important 
liturgical celebrations of the year. They're the most important days that the church invites us to observe. And St. Joseph is right up there at the top. He, this is, tomorrow we'll celebrate the solemnity of St. Joseph, meaning it's, it's among the, the very few most important days that the church gives us to celebrate. So big celebration. What does that look like in your community uh, with the Oblates of St. Joseph? Yes, well, we're planning certainly a very solemn Mass. Tomorrow we have, um, you know, we'll uh, pull out the incense and pull out all the, the best music we can, things like this. That helps us observe it. Um, we uh, actually, to be honest, the feast day begins tonight, Josh. And I know this, this might scandalize some of our listeners. It's a Friday in Lent. Can we start celebrating tonight? And the church says, yeah, in fact, with the, with the evening prayer, Vespers as we call it, uh, which usually takes place around five o'clock, we begin the solemnity of St. Joseph. So if you're eating tonight and if you're observing the Feast of St. Joseph, you can actually eat meat on a Friday in Lent tonight. And um, I, hope, I hope I don't get mean emails from people. Because <laughs> that's just the teaching of the church, friends. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, I suppose you could also try and, uh, you know, stay with the Lenten fast from meat, but maybe up your, you know, the quality of the seafood that you do. Maybe do some some lobster tails or, or, you know, something (laughs) a little more along that line if you wanted to uh, crack open a bottle of champagne or something to make it a really special celebration. Um, So let's talk about the life of St. Joseph. Um, what, What do we know? about St. Joseph. As I said, there's just kind of a few brief glimpses we get of him in Scripture. So uh, can you kind of give us uh, a brief sketch of his life as we know him? Yes, uh, you're, you're right. There's, there's not a lot that we, that we can definitively say about St. Joseph. We certainly know that he was the spouse of our Blessed Mother. We certainly know that he was in the line of David, uh, and, and he himself gives that Davidic uh, ancestry to Jesus Christ himself. Uh, We know that um, he was a a carpenter or a craftsman. Uh, Scripture talks about this and talks about the fact that Jesus was born into the home of a a simple simple man, simple family. Um, But we don't know precisely when he died. We don't know, as you mentioned at the top of the hour, we don't have any recorded words of his. We don't know um, his particular uh, wisdom from his own mouth that way. But through the years, the church has been able to has been able to reflect upon his person and say, for example, well, if we see all the events that scripture describes in the life of St. Joseph, for example, uh, accepting our Blessed Mother as as his wife, despite not knowing exactly uh, his role in that marriage. Uh, St. Joseph's uh, flight into Egypt to protect the Holy Family and safeguard uh, them from, from Herod. These events give us a glimpse into the virtues of St. Joseph. They help us to see a man who is docile to the Holy Spirit, who is obedient to God's law, who's courageous and willing to leave everything behind in order to fulfill his principal obligations, that is to say, uh, to take care of the Holy Family. So, so although we don't know many of the maybe specifics about the life of St. Joseph, we certainly can see many of his characteristic virtues. In looking at his life, is there one particular moment that really has kind of stood out to you, uh, you know, especially being uh, 
with your religious order that is focused on St. Joseph? Is there, is there that one moment that you look at and say, this one really just spoke to me in my life? Probably the, 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 the moment that to me is most powerful and has had a, an important influence in my own vocation is the annunciation to Joseph, as we, as we call it. In the first chapters of Matthew's gospel, we, we hear that Joseph uh, received the message from, from the angel that, in fact, he, was, he is called to be the father, uh, earthly father of the Savior. It's such a decisive moment in his life. Here, here he was contemplating divorcing our Blessed Mother, uh, contemplating you know the, the, the pain and sorrow that would come with that. And yet he was ready to do it because he, he didn't think he was worthy to be part of the mystery of salvation. Uh, but there the angel breaks into his life in, in a rather humble way. I mean, he's, it's in a dream. It's not in this big uh, dramatic fashion uh, in a vision or anything like that. Uh, but that 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 event in the life of Saint Joseph, to me, it speaks volumes because how often we find ourselves in similar situations, difficult decisions that we have to make, uh, challenging circumstances in which we find ourselves. We have to be obedient to God. We have to try to do His holy will, and then ultimately we have to we have to act. We have to we have to without having all the information, we have to decide what to do. I ended up hearing you earlier this morning on Morning Air uh, sharing how that really kind of played into your, and you just made kind of a, a brief reference to it, in your own discernment for your vocation, that that kind of um, being able to look at how St. Joseph made that decisive action, even when he didn't have all of the information, but then being able to trust God to kind of fill in the places that, you know, he he didn't have that information. Yeah, that's right. I, I felt, now I look back and I can see the parallels between uh, the decision St. Joseph had to make and my own vocation discernment. Uh, there I was faced with a pretty, pretty difficult decision to enter the seminary or not. I didn't know if, if this was what God wanted me to do. In fact, I was, I was kind of frightened <laughs> that what it might demand of me and the challenges it might place on me. Um, but a priest, a very wise priest, said to me, shared with me this advice that I was sharing with John this morning. And he said, uh, he said, look at St. Joseph. He had to, he had to decide and he, he decided to divorce our Blessed Mother. He decided to divorce her quietly to not uh, cause her any, cause any scandal. Um, and he decided wrongly. I mean, that wasn't what God wanted. <laughs> it was the best he could do. And he, he used his God-given reason to, to do that. Uh, but ultimately, God uh, didn't didn't chastise him for for ha- happening to make the wrong decision. Instead, he he uh, helped him to see, in fact, his own will, and that was very consoling to me. I there I was wondering, am I going to make a huge mistake in deciding to to try and become a priest or not? And I I realized through the advice of of that priest and through the life of Saint Joseph that if I am open. To the Holy Spirit, if I'm willing and and I and I decide with the best knowledge I can, with the best intent possible, then even if I make the wrong decision, even if I go down the wrong route, God will still help bring me back to where He wants me. And and I hope that that's consoling for other people too. I think we we oftentimes feel these momentous decisions as as if we might make make some wrong decision, even though we're trying to do God's will. Well, as long as we're including God in, in the process, then he's, uh, things are sure to go according to plan if, if we trust in him. Mm. 
Yeah, that's that's such an important point there, too. Uh, before we get too far away from, you know, talking about what we know of the life of St. Joseph, um, we don't know exactly when he died. Um, mm-hmm. We know that he at least was alive until Jesus was 12 years old. That's the last time that we have him referenced in Scripture, where... Uh, Jesus stays behind where they've gone to Jerusalem, and he's there in the temple talking with the different uh, teachers and rabbis and scholars. And Mary and Joseph, they travel a day out, they have to travel a day back, they find him. And Mary's the one who talks, but Joseph is there, and she references that. And do we have any sort of tradition in the church that tells us how much longer after that Joseph might have lived, how long of an influence he might have had a part there in Jesus' life? We only have a, a window of, of, uh, of maybe time that we look at. So the church uh, throughout the centuries has had different opinions on this, but none of them have been definitive, or I should say individuals in the church have had opinions about this. Uh, but what we know is that almost certainly St. Joseph had gone to the Father by the time that Jesus was was crucified. Uh, this is this is pretty clear because Jesus, uh, at on the cross, entrusts our Blessed Mother to Saint John. Uh, now he wouldn't do that if Saint Joseph was still there to take care of her. He wouldn't have done that if if in fact Saint Joseph was still there. Not to mention the the very clear uh, absence of Saint Joseph in 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 the Passion and Death of Jesus. Uh, he's not there, and that would that would be unthinkable for, for St. Joseph if he was still alive. So the right. church believes certainly that he had died before the, the death of Jesus. But precisely when that happened, uh, we're, we're not exactly sure. Uh, but I, th- I think uh, God most likely would have wanted St. Joseph to have a, a long and important influence in the life of, of the Christ child. So I think probably, in my, in my humble opinion, well after Jesus' 12th birthday, St. Joseph was still on the scene forming Jesus, helping raise him, helping, uh, helping him to, to learn the virtues of, of being a man and, and of, of serving God. Well, you know, another thing that maybe we could talk about here, too, is St. Joseph is this man who is surrounded by so many extraordinary people and so many extraordinary events. And um, maybe we can pick that up after the break here. Um, you know, he he has all of these things that are happening around him, and he's just kind of this ordinary man that God works with and through. Um even though he's married to, he's married to the highest kind of, uh, uh, you know, um, the highest. Uh, oh, what's the the phrase I'm looking for? The peak of of humanity's creation in Mary herself. You know, mm-hmm. conceived without sin. Uh, he sees the Magi. He has these dreams. He ends up hearing Simeon speak when uh, they present Jesus at the temple. Uh, he witnesses Jesus when he's 12 years old answering so many different people there in the temple, the elders, the teachers, and with wisdom beyond Jesus's years, you know, the, what more than what a 12-year-old should know. So when we come back, let, let's talk about 
what we can learn from this example of St. Joseph and how he lives out holiness in just his ordinary life when he's surrounded by so many extraordinary people, so many extraordinary events. Our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer here, as we're talking about St. Joseph tomorrow, the solemnity of St. Joseph. Also want to open up the phone for your call. Has St. Joseph been that example for you on growing in holiness. Uh, I might specifically ask the men that are listening, if you're a man and you're listening, how has St. Joseph been that example for you in your marriage as a father? Has he been a source of inspiration in that quiet, that, that leadership and protection of Mary and Jesus that we see in the Gospels? And how has St. Joseph helped you to know Jesus better? You can call in at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com, and we'll pick this back up right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by Solidarity HealthShare, the first to offer comprehensive sharing for prescription medications. Check now to see how much you can save. Go to catholichealthshare.com. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. So glad to have you joining us here today as we're talking with Father Matthew Spencer about the life and what we can learn from St. Joseph. And what has St. Joseph taught you in your life? How has he been that example to you of how you can grow in holiness? How has he helped you to know Jesus better? Uh, Has he been an intercessor for you? answered prayers. Um, He actually has answered several prayers for me where I've asked for him to uh, go before the throne of God and can you help me in this way or that way? And he really has come through time and again. And maybe we'll talk about more on that side of St. Joseph coming up here in a little bit. But I also want to invite your phone calls, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, the uh, email address, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Father Matthew mentioned right before the break, we have St. Joseph here, this man, who is surrounded by all these extraordinary people and extraordinary events. We have Jesus himself, of course. I mean, that that would be the most extraordinary. We have Mary, conceived without sin. Uh, We have the Magi who show up there uh, sometime within, you know, a short window after the birth of Jesus. Joseph has these dreams that guide him at different points there, in the early life of Jesus and what Joseph is supposed to do, where he's supposed to go. Uh, He ends up hearing Simeon. I mentioned that when they present Jesus at the temple. Twelve years later, there, when Jesus, they lose him and they find him there at the temple. He hears Jesus answering all these different questions, saying things that are astonishing the elders and the teachers there at the temple. So with all of this and more, how how can we look at St. Joseph and say, you know, if if I find myself and I feel like, boy, I am just kind of this ordinary person that is surrounded by so many other people that seem 
so much more qualified to do the things of God or, you know, God is working through them in a way that I don't know if God's ever worked, you know, in my life that way. How can St. Joseph help us kind of have a better understanding of God doesn't work with all people in the exact same way? Yeah, this is a this is a good question. And, and I think if we step back and we say, well, why are some people very extraordinary and some people are seemingly ordinary? Usually, I think it can be distilled down to, well, when we compare them to each other, the extraordinary ones seem to have more influence or more virtue or more effect in the world. Uh, but that's not how God judges our life. I mean, God doesn't look and say, well, did this person accomplish more than the other person? Did this person uh, have more fame than another person? Did this person have more notoriety? Uh, no, God looks and says, did this person do my will on earth? And that will might, I mean, God's will for us might be something very hidden, very simple, uh, rather rather unseen by by the world. But if we're doing God's will, then, then we're doing exactly what we need to do. And while, while others might think it's ordinary or mundane, uh, we know that, that in the sight of God, this is exactly what he wills for us. Uh, Josh, I'm thinking of an example. Uh, the church, of course, announced that she will um, canonize Charles de Foucault, this, um, this man who moved to the African desert and lived in complete obscurity. I mean, he had a little bit of influence because of his writing and because of the, the, the native peoples he was coming into contact with, but mostly his life went, went by unseen. Uh, but now we're realizing, well, it's okay. That, that can happen in our lives. And as long as we're doing the will of God, we can even be great saints. This is where all the greatness of St. Joseph comes about. Not that he published something really grand, not that he had this huge influence on the world during his life that other people saw, but rather that he did exactly what God had asked him to. He took care of Jesus, he raised him well, and of course we know that had huge influence and impact on the world. I think this is kind of key to us understanding our own role, Josh. It's key to us understanding that the way God looks at us is not, well, are you doing more than your neighbor? Are you <laughs> more famous than your neighbor? Are you more influential than people around you? No, God looks and says, are you doing what I'm asking you to do? And maybe it's very simple at that moment. Maybe it's taking care of our spouse. Maybe it's uh, providing for our children. Uh, maybe it's serving inside of the church in a very simple way. Uh, but no matter what we do, if we're doing the will of God, then then we're doing exactly what we need to. Uh, the, as I'm I'm listening to you, I'm thinking it might be easier for a person if they have not necessarily been in one of those again quote unquote extraordinary kind of roles. If they start out in a very small way that God is asking them to be faithful. But if somebody has been very active and, you know, has been maybe more in the spotlight mm. and then God says, well, okay, that, that season of your life is over and now I'm calling you to step back and take on this more simple kind of role. I, I would think from a standpoint of just if you've been used to being active and in, in front of people and, you know, whatever that might be, how, however that might look in your life. If God calls you and says, nope, now is the time for you to just rest in me and, you know, maybe it's to spend more time in prayer. Maybe it's to just simply, uh, you know, be 
more with your family or to just do some small volunteer work at your parish, whatever it might be. That might be a difficult transition going from that more active kind of uh, role in the kingdom to what we would see, even though spiritually it might be just as active, but physically and connected with others, it might not be quite as active. Any <laughs> suggestions on how to be able to accept God's leading in that way and to not get too worked up that, uh, am, I, am I really doing what God wants here or am I missing something? Yeah, and, and that can happen in our life. People change careers or people's own service in the church might go might go from being something rather rather public and rather rather active to something more hidden. Um, I, I think the the invitation in these types of transitions are always to say, well, where am I finding my my satisfaction? Where from what is coming my joy? <laughs> if my joy is coming from the adulation of other people, if my joy and my happiness is coming from being recognized or or being patted on the back for what I'm doing, then I think God will will probably take that away from us <laughs> because yeah. God doesn't. We're doing want it for the wrong reason. Be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now I'm not saying that everybody who enjoys being in in public ministry, for example, that that's their motivation. But God right. will allow us to experience these purifications to say, well, do this for the right reason. Do this because you love me. And maybe to do that, you need some detachment from from the other nice things that you experience from from your life. Mm, yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's a great insight. Mm. Another thing that might be good to talk about, too, um, coming up here in, what, a month and a half or so, we will have another feast day that's dedicated to St. Joseph. It's called St. Joseph the Worker, May 1st. Mm -hmm. What does that title tell us about St. Joseph? Um, What can we learn from him just as a person who was a carpenter, who did basic work? Um, How does that inform us spiritually? Yeah, the origins of the the feast day of Saint Joseph the Worker are, are very fascinating. It was um, it was instituted by Pius the Twelfth as a response to communism taking over the world. It, it was instituted right. as in response to to the world saying, "Hey, your work, your labor, belongs to the state. Your work is is just a, a contribution that you make." Uh, what we say as Christians is, "No, your work is more than just uh, something you produce. Your work." Uh, has some dignity to it because God has asked you to to build up the kingdom this way. And it might be really humble, really dirty work, or it might be rather glorious kind of work. But regardless of of that work, if it's what God asks of us, then then there's value in that. There's intrinsic value and it 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 um it helps reflect the dignity God has given to us. And I think that's a really important message. Now that Pius XII instituted the feast day, but for centuries we've looked to St. Joseph to say, well, God God picked this man to be the earthly father of Jesus, and therefore even his, his livelihood must be important, must be significant, must say something to us. And so the church for centuries has reflected on, well, why was it that Jesus was born into a carpenter's family? Uh, and we say, well, because he learned val- the value of hard work. He learned the dignity of work. He he sanctified work. Saint, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus did in order to make it uh, restore it to its original dignity before before the fall. 
And I think that's important for all of us when we look at the, the labors God has entrusted to us. Sometimes we find ourselves plodding along, feeling like this is beneath our dignity or feeling like we'd get some satisfaction if we could do something else rather than scrub the toilets. If only I could, you know, write a book yeah, or only. something like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, God says this, this work that, that you're doing to contribute to your family, to society, is is valuable and it's valuable for others but it's also valuable for us for our own conversion and for our own sanctification you know i heard years ago to someone talk about how jesus the second person of the trinity he is part of the one uh divine god that designs all the planets all the stars the entire universe crafted everything uh not only here on earth but everywhere and in the incarnation, he takes on flesh. He allows himself to then go into a role where he can be taught by Joseph as a child, as a young man, about building, about designing, about crafting. Even though he's built everything that we have in the universe, he then becomes this learner of building and crafting things. I've always loved that image and, you know, kind of goes along with what you're saying of, uh, it takes that work and sanctifies it. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. I mean, that's that's the humility of God, right? Who who doesn't have anything that he can learn from human beings, and yet in his humility wants human beings to participate in his work of of creation. And so, yeah, I love that that reflection that the Word becomes incarnate. Uh, and learns from a human being how to build and work in his humanity, I should say. Jesus learns from St. Joseph how to build and uh, work and to, to build up the kingdom. Uh, but in turn, he teaches us that we can cooperate with God with our own work and that, that little though it might be, the, the small work that we might do can make an, a difference and an influence in the world. Speaking with Father Matthew Spencer today here on The Inner Life and taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149. How has St. Joseph helped you to grow closer to Jesus? How has St. Joseph been that example for you in your family, uh, being that protector, that provider, uh, being that silent, just calm presence that you, you know everything's going to be okay. How has St. Joseph been that example for you? Maybe he's been an intercessor for you. Maybe your prayers have been answered because of turning to St. Joseph, asking for him to go before the throne of God with those petitions, those requests that you have. You can call in and share your story at 888-914-9149, Also want to mention, too, that we have a special broadcast that's going to be coming up next Friday. And that's going to be on March 25th. Uh, what's happening? Pope Francis has announced that he will consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. It's going to be during a celebration of penance held at St. Peter's Basilica. And at the same time, there's a papal envoy that's going to do the same thing in Fatima. And in fact, all of the bishops here in the U.S. have been invited to do a similar style of consecration to join together as the Universal Church. And so I invite you to tune in. Uh, looks like it's going to be during this hour, during the 11 o'clock central hour, um, that this will have 
in Rome. And so we're going to provide live coverage of that with the Holy Father, Pope Francis. And I hope you'll tune in next Friday morning and join us for that. Also, we are in the midst of a novena for peace that we started just a couple days ago. Drew Mariani every day at three o'clock central during the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. He has been praying this novena for peace leading up to March 25th to that consecration. And so please, if you have the ability at three o'clock central today, join in with your prayers as well for peace in our world, for a resolution to and an end to the uh, the conflicts and just the hostilities that are taking place there in Ukraine. And of course, join us also for prayer tonight with the Family Rosary Across America as we continue to pray for peace uh, during that time as well. And again, we'll be back with more here with Father Matthew Spencer in just a moment on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com forester. Talking about the life, the example of St. Joseph today here on The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. Thanks for joining us for this hour. And our spiritual director today, Father Matthew Spencer, a regular voice that you know on Relevant Radio, a priest with the Oblates of of St. Joseph. He's the provincial superior and shrine director for the Oblates of St. Joseph out of Santa Cruz, California. And Father, actually, before we uh, jump back into our conversation and go to the phones, I also wanted to take an opportunity to mention you're going to be back on the program here in kind of a unique opportunity for us, something that we haven't really done here on The Inner Life before. We're going to do a three-day mini-series, and that's coming up at the end of the month, March 28th, 29th, and 30th. That's a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And we're going to be talking about the Ten Commandments. And uh, I know you and I have had a, a little bit of back and forth, you know, conversation about what we hope to accomplish there. But I'm really looking forward to those three days where we're able to really unpack the the law that God established for us, how that law points us to Christ and the two greatest commandments that we have that Jesus then gives, you know, in the fulfillment of the law there in the New Testament, and how we really live that out in our lives. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this too, Josh. We've been talking about this and thinking about this for some time, and it just seems there there's so much to 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 reflect on with the Ten Commandments that doing a, a series of shows uh, and and diving into the commandments, the Ten Commandments, in a in a deep way for our spiritual lives, just to me sounds fascinating and and really fun to do with our listeners. So I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to that too. Absolutely. Again, that'll be Monday, March twenty eighth. Tuesday the 29th and Wednesday the 30th that Father Matthew will be here all three days. Normally it's a different priest every day here on the air on the inner life, but Father Matthew has blocked out those three days and uh, it should be a wonderful and fascinating conversation. I hope you're able to join us for all three days as we talk about the Ten Commandments. But again, today, talking about the life of St. Joseph, taking your calls at 888-914-9149. And Father, we've got Denise who's calling in from Santa Barbara uh, there in California. Denise, thank Thanks for calling into the inner life. Hi, it was so, it's so nice to be able to speak to you. I just need a little um, perspective from you. Mm. I have been praying for a very long time 
to St. Joseph, St. Monica, any one of them up there that will hear me <laughs> for some help for my, my oldest son, for my mm-hmm. marriage, for my family, all kinds of things. And it just doesn't feel like there's anybody listening or I almost feel like when I have these wonderful prayer cards of St. Joseph that when I look at them, he's like scowling at me or giving me a look like, oh, brother, you know, Hmm. I don't know. I feel funny. I just don't feel like I'm, maybe I'm not asking for the right thing. Maybe I'm not saying it correctly. I just want help from my family. And, you know, I want to see some progress, some change, and just like nothing's happening. Hmm. Well, Denise, I'm I'm glad you called in, and let me first just say I share your your perspective. Much of the artwork of Saint Joseph is is rather unfortunate how he's depicted, either doubting or or rather stern, you know. And I think what what's often happening is the artist is trying to communicate um, strength, but sometimes that strength comes across as as uh, too strong. Um, but St. Joseph certainly is not scowling at you, and St. Joseph certainly is not looking disapprovingly upon your prayers. Uh, I think the life of prayer is is rather mysterious. Sometimes we pray and we are, the response comes rather quickly, and the, the solution to our need is just manifested right away. And other times, especially when it comes to the types of, of prayer requests that you mentioned, prayers for our children, prayers for our vocation, prayers for spouses— these are prayers that take long, a long time, oftentimes, for us to see progress on. Uh, what I would encourage, Denise, is um, certainly uh, certainly you keep praying. You know, Jesus says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. Uh, and so don't give up prayer. But it is helpful sometimes to, to think about, well, what am I praying for? Am I praying for that this person be changed? Uh, or am I praying for openness to God's will openness to to what the Holy Spirit in, is inviting me to do to assist this person in their walk with the Lord. Uh, a lot of times we want to see other people change, uh, but that's really between them and God, and we might not see always the progress on that. We keep praying for that, but first and foremost, prayer is about a surrender to God's will. Prayer is about us saying, okay, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done, and, and I entrust these needs to you, I entrust my son to you, my spouse to you, and I pray that you will you will lead them back to the church, will lead them to conversion, uh, but always in God's time. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, as De- Denise is sharing that too, Father, uh, God's timing that's the thing that when you when you're in the midst of whatever is happening in your life and the thing that you're praying for that's where it seems like God is just really dragging his feet hmm. um and i think if you look at other things you know if you have any sort of a history of living a christian life of having that relationship with god you can look at other things in your past and say okay you know god he probably had this happen at this particular time because it really did work out for the best. If I would have had my choice while I was going through that, I might have resolved it quicker and wanted things done a different way, but it worked out even better because it happened this other way that I never would have chosen on my own in the moment there. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that trust in God's timing is so difficult <laughs> when we are in the moment. Uh, because, you know, as Denise is saying, oh, I'm praying for my kids, and I, I, you know, if that's for them to come back to the church, or I want, you know, my husband and I to be even better in our relationship, those are good things. God wants that too, right? I mean, th- mm-hmm. those there's nothing wrong with those and they're not going to be in conflict with God's will, but there might be something that God sees down the road that we just can't see yet. And we have to just take that deep breath and say, okay, I'll trust that you know when it's best for this to come about, even though I really want it to happen right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as you point out, God wants all of his children in the church and God wants all marriages to be healthy and strong. And so those are good. Those are good prayer intentions. But uh, God's timing is not always the timing that, that we expect for for good reason. As you point out, God allows us sometimes to wander and wander longer than we think is is worth it. But he does that because he can bring some greater good out of it. And what that is, is oftentimes unclear until until we can see it after the fact. When we look at St. Joseph as that intercessor for us, you know, um, his spouse, the Blessed Mother Mary, at the foot of the cross, Jesus, he says those words to John, the beloved disciple. He says, behold your mother. And while this is understood that he's asking John specifically to take care of Mary after Jesus dies, after he leaves, um, the church has always looked at this as this is Jesus giving Mary to the church as mother of us all, our spiritual mother. Do we look in a similar way at St. Joseph, since he is the earthly, the adoptive, or the foster father of Jesus? Uh, should we look at him as being kind of a spiritual father in a sense for all of us as well? I think I think if we if we're careful, uh, we could say that Saint Joseph is our our spiritual father. The the reason though that the church has not has not very strongly made that association is because she doesn't want to confuse the role of our Father in heaven with of the course. role of Saint Joseph. And I, I think this is also why Saint Joseph will will disappear from the scene before Jesus begins his public ministry. Right, Saint Joseph. Uh, is most almost certainly uh, gone to the Father by by the time Jesus does his public ministry. In part, seemingly because Saint Jo, I'm sorry, Jesus is out there preaching. My Father, my Father, my Father says this, and we don't want people to get the wrong impression. You know, Jesus is talking about his Father in heaven and not not the earthly Father that raised him, Saint Joseph. Um, so I think in a similar way, um, the Church has has certainly entrusted all of God's people to St. Joseph. And St. Joseph being the patron of the universal church, this is, we can certainly look to him as our, as our spiritual father. Um, but it's one that, that, um, that uh, enhances our relationship with God the Father and doesn't compete with it in any way. So I think it's very safe to say that we look to St. Joseph uh, because like a father, he cares for us, but he leads us to our true father in heaven. You know, one other thing that might be good to talk about here, too, looking at St. Joseph, um, he, I mentioned, he doesn't say anything in Scripture. You know, he's the silent saint. Everyone around me, though, 
they seem to have earbuds in their ears wherever they're going, whatever they're doing. Even while I'm talking with my kids, they want to still have their earbuds in their ears. Uh, we're so attached to our phones, our other mobile devices. We have so much media that's coming at us at all times when we're awake. Uh, but if Joseph, if he hadn't been silent, if he hadn't had that space there, he might have missed what God was saying and how God was leading the direction that he wanted Joseph to go for his life. That silence is so important that we don't, we don't, I, I guess, just drown out the voice of God. Yeah, and, and being able to listen to God and to be silent is, is a, a skill that's learned, right? This isn't just something we can turn off the noise in our head and then all of a sudden now be receptive to God. Uh, we learn how to do this. So we have to spend time in silence. We have to spend time turning off our, our electronic devices, turning off our, our music and our distracting things, turning off the television and all the screens we're looking at all the time, and spend some time listening to God. And it's difficult at first. It's hard because our brains are used to constant input and constant sensory uh, sensory input. But in order to be able to hear the still, small, quiet voice of God, we have to become comfortable with silence, with pushing noise away from us and, and listening to what God wants to say. And St. Joseph is, a, is a, such an amazing example of, of that skill and that virtue that I hope we all look to him to, to live our silent lives better. Father Matthew, as always, it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for being here. About 20 seconds left. Could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, as we prepare for the Feast of St. Joseph tomorrow, we ask you to, that we might always imitate his virtues. We ask your blessing upon our listeners, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Father Matthew, for being with us today. And I hope you do have a wonderful celebration for the Solemnity of St. Joseph tomorrow. And if you missed portions of the earlier part of the broadcast, you can always go back and find the podcast at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Big thank you to Nick Sentovich and Lucas Holt for their help in uh, producing the program today. Stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up right now on Relevant Radio.